This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to the Mom Room Podcast. My name is Renee Rena, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. It is the Thursday episode, and typically these are solo, but today I have a guest on, and we are talking all things postpartum. Every time people ask me, what was the most surprising thing for you after becoming a mom? I always respond first with the postpartum recovery period because that shit was crazy and nobody talks about it. Like, you know, it's difficult, of course, because it's called recovery. You assume that there's something to recover from, but people are not specific about why it's difficult. The pain, the swelling, the bleeding, tips and tricks, uh, you know, how much support is needed. And not only are you recovering physically, but now mentally, you're also dealing with a transition into not being a mom to being a mom for first time moms anyways. And like a new addition to your family, like it's a big transition. You have major physical trauma A lot of people have, you know, postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. It's just a lot. So that's always my response. And specifically in my own experience, it was the swelling down there. Wow. Uh, I didn't really look that much, but after I would pee and I would go to wipe, like the swelling was out of control, which also is what made it so uncomfortable to walk around and move and wear pads or diapers or whatever I was wearing. I highly recommend the um, the silhouette depends that they have. They're really thin and they're like a full diaper. It was amazing. Highly recommend those. But yeah, it was the swelling for me and it was the anxiety that I was not expecting, like the super intense anxiety that I would get every single evening to the point where I would just break down and cry. Uh, Wasn't expecting that at all. So I have on this episode Roya Loy. I, I'm so bad with last names, but I think it's Loy. And she is a doula. And I think a lot of us know about birth doulas. And we may have heard the term, but maybe you don't even know necessarily what they do for someone. I know I didn't until I went to a class that was preparing us for birth and it was delivered by a doula in Sudbury and yeah until then I never really understood what they were. I think we assume that they're like a midwife but that's not the case at all. They don't deliver your baby. They are literally there just to support you and support the person that is in the delivery room with you. So that is a birth doula. They help you also prepare for birth, um, you know, make your birth preferences list. And we get into that in this episode as well. Uh, But there's also something called a postpartum doula, which I was not aware of, but they are there to help you support you in the postpartum period. I feel like this should be covered by insurance and this should just be a thing because if you don't have family close by, 
that can take on that supportive role, then we should have a postpartum doula or a nurse that specializes in postpartum, you know, someone there to support the mother. And notice that I said mother. Yes, support the mother, the mother. Before I get into the episode with Roya, I will tell you some of my favorite things that I did in the postpartum recovery period and products that I loved. First of all, we have two dogs, and so we have doggy pee pads. You know, those pads that you lay out and they pee on them, okay? Those came in so handy because, and this was my sister's idea. My sister's a nurse, and she was like, why don't you lay those out on the couch and just sit on them naked so you can bleed and it's fine, but also you're airing out your lady bits, right? Because airing them out and letting it stay dry as much as possible is going to promote healing. And it just feels 10 times better to not have something pressed up against your vulva vaginal area after giving birth, of course. So that's what I did. I would lay those out on the couch and I would sit there, spread eagle, letting it air out, bleeding my own blood on the pee pads, doesn't matter. And I would just drape a blanket over me uh, if people were over, obviously. Um, But yeah, that was super helpful. If I was walking around, around the house or whatever, then I would use those Silhouette Depends diapers. Those were amazing. We had a ton of those. I had made a bunch of those padsicles. I found, you know, a recipe on Pinterest and I made a bunch before I gave birth, but I didn't like them at all. So I didn't use them, not even once. I personally didn't like the way the ice or the cold felt down there, Um, so I didn't use those, but I know some people love them. So if you just go on Pinterest, you'll find a million recipes. It's like with witch hazel, and you're basically soaking regular pads uh, with aloe vera and witch hazel, and you put them in the freezer, and then a lot of people like to wear those uh, when they're recovering. I did not like them at all. Um, One thing that was a total game changer for me, when I would go pee, I would pee, then I would use the Frida uh, upside down peri bottle. That was the absolute best kind of peri bottle, the Frida one. So I would use that to rinse off and then I would use the blow dryer on the cold setting. That was amazing. And when I had a nurse call me just to check up on me, see how I was doing, and she told me that piece of advice, like that little tip, and it was amazing. So I would dry myself with the blow dryer on cold felt amazing. When I was totally dry, then I would apply, it was the Earth Mama Perineal Balm. Phenomenal. Love that stuff. And then I would spray the Earth Mama, I think it was like a witch hazel perineal spray. Also loved that. Did going pee take me about 10 minutes? Yes, it did, but it was worth it. Before you give birth, make sure that you have these products. Uh, If you know someone that's pregnant, send them this episode. But yes, you want to have these products on hand. You want to have um, a sits bath. We had a big bathtub in our master bathroom, so I would fill that up a little bit with warm water. Like this was, let's say, after going poop and my butt. Okay, that's another thing. Nobody told you that your butthole 
hurts so badly after giving birth, but it makes sense. Like you just pushed so freaking hard. I felt like my butthole was inside out. Okay. You're probably laughing at that and it is funny, (laughs) but like nobody talks about your butthole. Like your butthole is going to be messed up. So after you go poo, it hurts to wipe. So even if you have the wet wipes or whatever, um, so what I would do is wipe as much as I could, but then I would do a sits bath to like totally clean myself and then do the cold blow dryer and do that all over again. So have, they sell like Epsom salts uh, mixes for postpartum recovery. You can put those in the bottom of the bathtub or they sell on Amazon the actual little sits bath that you fill up and you literally just sit in it. It looks like a little potty kind of. Um, So you can do that as well, but I just used our bathtub. If you're worried about your butthole, get some hemorrhoid cream before you give birth so that you have it on hand just in case. And of course, make sure you have a ton of loose baggy clothing. I had a lot of those, um, they're kind of like the harem pants that are super baggy up top, but then were a little bit tighter around my ankles. Those came in super handy. I know Smash and Tess has a bunch of their... um, what do they call them? Like the big baggy rompers. Those are also amazing. I will put a link in the episode notes to a blog post that I wrote all about postpartum recovery that has all these products in there. Um, I think they're all linked. So I will put that in the episode notes. Something else that was shocking to me after giving birth was I felt like every second day we were going to the doctors for Milo to have an appointment where they like measure his head and check his testicles and all this stuff. And I'm sitting there like can barely walk and it wasn't about me, but I would just speak up and say, and my family doctor was amazing. Um, She had two young kids herself, so she did put more focus on me than I think some physicians do. But I was open about the anxiety and my recovery and I had her check me and I ended up having a welt under, um, it was like in between my vagina and my butt, like a welt after giving birth. I don't know if it was from wearing pads and it was rubbing, but anyways, that was my luck um, to have a welt. I had to go back to the hospital and have it drained by a surgeon. Like, nightmare. Anyways, my point is when you're at these appointments, don't be afraid to speak up about your own health and your own care, whether that be mental health or your physical health down there. Yes, the appointment is about the baby, but you matter as well. So speak up. All right, so let's get into this episode. We talk about what is a birth doula? What do they do? Why do so many people stress and prepare so much for the labor and the delivery, but not so much for the postpartum recovery? What can people do to prepare for postpartum? And what can doulas do for us in the postpartum period as well? In this episode, I am speaking with Roya Loy. She is a doula, a lactation education counselor, and a yoga instructor. She's also the creator of Insider Mom. This is a blog. It's an Instagram account at The Insider Mom. If you're curious, she is located in Kingston, Ontario, and you can check out her website at theinsidermom.com. But without further ado, let's get into the conversation. And here is episode 91, all about postpartum recovery with doula Roya Loy. Yeah. Uh, so today we're talking about what doulas do, because I think there is a misconception. And I think 
if people don't look into it, they probably confuse it with a midwife and they are totally different. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about what a doula does, how they can help you in labor and delivery, but also in postpartum and how to, how we can better prepare for the postpartum period, because I think so many people focus on labor and delivery and stress about it and, you know, over prepare for that part, but nobody really prepares for or thinks about the postpartum period. Like once, as soon as you get home, like now what? So we're going to talk about how doulas can help in the postpartum as well. So to start, I thought you could just explain to us what a doula is and maybe how they differ from a midwife. For sure. So uh, doula is actually a Greek term and um, its definition is a woman who serves, but in nowadays it's more used in birth circles as in a labor support person, like a labor support coach. But we also have postpartum doulas who help moms in the postpartum period. And a lot of people have asked, well, what's the difference between a doula and a midwife? And what I see to that is doulas don't, their scope of practice, they don't actually help um, mothers deliver a baby or birthing people, people deliver a baby. They don't do any medical tasks. They don't do any specific charting that's, you know, medical related, unless they're, you know, recording it for purposes of like, you know, knowing how, how long the labor was and, you know, giving that feedback and that information. But, um, basically, yeah, they're just like a coach and they can help you with comfort measures and coping techniques and breath work. And they provide physical and emotional and informational support during birth, which is incredibly valuable, especially for first-time parents who are going into an environment where they don't know what's going on. Um, they're being told by a hospital staff or even you know, their midwifery team what's going on. Um, and a lot of times there are excellent care providers who provide additional information, but it really ha helps to have that person who doesn't work for the hospital, who's solely working for the parents and um, is an advocate for them. So um, yeah, that's basically what a doula does. Yeah. I had, when I was pregnant, I got, I took a, my husband and I took a a labor class. It was like an afternoon thing with a doula where we lived and I loved it so much. So I signed up to have a doula for my labor and delivery, like in the hospital. And then turns out our rules in like the hospital where I gave birth was I could only have two people. And I really wanted obviously my husband there and my sister, who's a nurse. So I was like, at the end of the day, like I did everything with the doula, which was great. Cause like we did the birth, um, what did she call it? She didn't call it a birth plan, birth preferences, like sheets. So what to expect and, you know, what my options were at like along the way, which was super helpful. Um, but she never ended up coming to the labor and delivery because of the rules that we had. Uh, but yeah, I was like, it's a person who's literally just there to support you and be there for you. Like, that's it. I loved that part of it. Um, so why do you think that I kind of have an idea, like what I think, but why do you think people focus so much on labor and delivery and not so much the postpartum period? Yeah. Um, I've noticed it's 
primarily because of that fear our culture and people have with regards to birth because over the centuries we didn't have the medical technology we have nowadays um, to help people if you know complication arised you know with like c-sections and they can be life-saving but then again for healthy women who don't need them we're seeing an increase in c-section rates in some hospitals that basically um they don't need to be that high because yeah yeah a lot of women are induced when they don't need to be and they're completely healthy and they could possibly you know uh, give a, a vaginal or have a vaginal or a natural birth but um but they're definitely life-saving but um yeah the reason people don't focus on the postpartum period a lot is because of that fear of childbirth they want to prepare for it so much let's take the childbirth classes let's know everything let's read the childbirth books but like even for me, like before I became a doula, when I first became a mom, I was like, oh shit, like nobody told me exactly like, what the postpartum period is like, like the lack of sleep, the body changes, the hormonal changes. I mean, it's, an, it's a lot for a human being to withstand. And on top of that, to be taking care of another new human being in this world. So, so yeah, I always, always, always encourage like my clients to meet with a postpartum doula or have a postpartum plan. I mean, you don't, even if you have support people like family members, like, um, uh, it could be your spouse where you're listing out, you know, responsibilities and tasks you won't be taking on for a period of time. A lot of cultures, like they say, the first 40 days are sacred. Um, it's just for mom and baby to rest together, to breastfeed, or just to heal in that time period. And um, yeah, if there are other family members that can support some people, though, don't want you know certain family members involved in their caretaking, they would rather have a professional from outside come who's highly skilled in certain tasks or in newborn care. And that's where a postpartum doula can be really, really helpful. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner, I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. 
This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy, and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Little Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals. So you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like potstickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. When I think about like TV shows, movies, the labor and delivery part is always so like dramatized and that's what they focus on. It's usually a terrifying scene, right? If you, if you watch a movie, watch a TV show. And so I think, like you said, people are afraid of that period. And when you're afraid of something, you're going to try and prepare for it to get through it as best as you can. But at the same time, like you were saying, people don't talk about the postpartum period. That, and that is my biggest thing. Like that is why I started everything that I started doing with the mom room is because I was at home with Milo thinking like, did everybody else go through all of what I'm going through right now and just not say anything? Like I was in shock. I like all these different things that were happening, whether it was like the physical recovery And I didn't even have a bad, 
like delivery. So I can just imagine how some women feel like the physical pain afterwards, but yeah, nobody talks about it. So, so we don't have the, we don't not like, we don't fear that part of it because the way postpartum is depicted on TV and in movies and on social media is like this hashtag blessed and everything's so like calm and white and perfect and like oh I'm so in love and you know that's how it's depicted and it's like now that I know what I know if we ever had a second child I would be preparing (laughs) so much for the postpartum period like the physical the mental the anxiety all of that stuff so yeah I think I love having conversations like this because people can kind of you know realize that there's more that you need to prepare for other than just the labor and the delivery the labor and the delivery people focus so much on it and it's the shortest little blip of time and it's like so temporary so yeah postpartum man so what are what are some things that people can do that you recommend to prepare for the postpartum period? That's a really good question. So first off, actually, I would start with what you had mentioned earlier is having a birth preferences or a birth plan, a list of birth preferences or a birth plan. Um, Some care providers are super supportive of it. Some don't like it so much, but if you narrow it down to like a page or a page or two, um, I've noticed that hospital staff that actually care will look at it and your birth can also help determine your experience in the postpartum period. So Mm -hmm. having that, having your care providers know what you prefer and being flexible with the outcome, as long as you know, you're in good hands, you've fully prepared, you have, you know, uh, labor support, it can be incredibly beneficial, but yeah, to prepare for the postpartum period, it's, um, I recommend people create another plan. So another, instead, it doesn't have to be just a list of preferences. It can be an actual plan that you guys, like, I'm meaning, you know, both partners sit down and go through and say, well, when do we want to have visitors? How many? And um, in COVID, like, can we have visitors or are we going to all do things like virtually? And um, who's going to be running errands? Who's going to be cooking? Are we going to freeze meals ahead of time? Are we going to get takeout? Like just all these little things. And they say on average, every like new couple spends, not every, but a lot of new couples spend on average around like $5,000 to $6,000 on baby items. Whereas like babies, newborns don't need as much stuff. Mm. Actually the moms, you know, who need a lot of care like after birth for their healing, pelvic floor therapy, you know, pre postnatal, you know, yoga, once they're ready for it, you know, planning all those things out and saying, you know, I matter and, um, I'm going to invest in myself and my healing in the postpartum period. It is so crucial because the body goes through so many changes. And I'm really glad you brought this up because, um, personally, I've created a plan, like a template that moms can use if they go to um, insidermom.com forward slash postpartum, they can download a plan that'll just lay out everything on what are we going to do with visitors? What am I going to do for my mental, physical, and emotional health? And um, 
what are the ways I'm going to connect with people during this time, which can be like really isolating. And it just maps out a plan that you can customize and tailor to your own needs. But yeah, it's definitely something that is super crucial. And I say to a lot of moms, you got to invest in yourself because um, you're, you can only serve and you can only care for your baby. Not only, but you, you can better care for your baby if you're doing that from a full cup, if you're doing that when you're well rested, when you're well cared for. And they say around 15 to 20% of women actually experience postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty high. And a lot, the majority of women after birth experience postpartum baby blues, Mm -hmm. which is not, not as severe as like postpartum depression. And like, there's no shame in that, but like having a list of care providers in your area or counselors or uh, therapists, you know, that you can talk to, or even free hotlines, that'll just be like, or even health lines where you can call a health professional for an issue that you, you want help with. It's, it's going to be, I wouldn't say life-saving, but, or, or it could be, but it could also be just really beneficial and helpful. It can brighten your day. Like knowing that you Mm -hmm. have that support behind you. Yeah. The thing about having, you know, if you have postpartum preferences listed out, you also have to really be confident and put your foot down and be able to change things. If you are all of a sudden finding yourself not wanting those things anymore. Like I, in my biggest thing, one thing that I always talk about is visitors after giving birth Because on the movies, again, this is just what everybody does, right? Like every single one of my cousins that had a baby, anyone that I know, it's like everyone goes to visit after and that's just what people do. And I just assumed that the mom, that's just what you do. And they enjoy having visitors after giving birth. So I expected to do the same. And then when I got home, I literally did not have anybody over except for my mom and my husband and my sister for like weeks. Like I didn't want anybody over and I didn't have, my mom was the one who kept everybody up to date. Like, no, she, they're still not ready. Like they just want to get into a routine because I just wanted to be alone with Milo and my husband and my mom would come over and clean. And, you know, I wasn't shy to like breastfeed in front of my mom and like pump and you just want to have total comfort in your home for those first few weeks. So again, I I found myself being like, am I like, is something wrong with me? Because I don't want anybody coming over even for like a quick visit. Like I didn't want people coming over and disrupting the day. I wanted to be able to do whatever I wanted at whatever moment And like, I'm so happy that I was confident enough and didn't feel guilted into having people come over. But so many moms that I hear from felt the exact same way. And they had, you know, really bad postpartum anxiety and they didn't want people holding their baby, but they felt bad to say something. And so that's probably another benefit to have something like a postpartum doula as you know a person that you can communicate your feelings to and that they could be like that support support system to say no this is totally normal and you know tell people that you're going to be taking visitors in a few weeks but you're just not ready right now and so i think that's really important the visitors thing was like 
so eye-opening to me. And, and it turns out that it's so common that people don't want visitors. And you're absolutely right. And that's totally valid. And it's actually something that's not always recommended, like to have a ton of visitors, because when you're trying to start breastfeeding, when you're trying to bond as a new family, when you're trying to get to know your baby, you want to do that, you know, with a limited amount of people, you want to actually have that time and actually not be on display or not, you know, serving other people food and tea, you know, when they come over and if they do come over, like, or if you do allow certain people to come over, you can ask, Hey, you know, can you help out with this chore or this task? You know, mm. um, but take yeah. our dogs for a walk, take our yeah. dogs, like, yeah, bring totally. over some food. Like, yeah, dogs are a huge thing as well that I think people don't even consider. There's always like a lot of talk about how do I introduce the dog that we've had for years to a new baby? And that's kind of the extent of it. But it's like dogs are a big thing when you bring home a baby and they just are another layer. Like Milo is two and a half years old and I still like our dogs drive me nuts. Like they are not my little babies anymore, which is so sad to say, but they just add a whole other level of stress and like chores to do and, you know, little, little things to pick up after and dog fur. And it's just, yeah, a lot of people don't talk about the dogs, but I always say like, you want to help out new parents, ask if you can take their dog for the first week that the baby's home and, you know, give them the space to just focus on the baby. But yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, so a postpartum doula, do they come and visit regularly? Like, how does that work? If someone were to hire a postpartum doula, what does that look like? Basically it's up to the family, up to the birthing person. If they want, if they've just had a baby and they want a postpartum doula for a day or two or a couple of weeks, they can hire a postpartum doula for that amount of time. And it really helps if they've received training, but it could, it could be, you know, it could just be, a, if you don't have the funds to hire someone, it could just be a really supportive family member or really supportive friend. Um, also with, you know, COVID or the situation we're in, it would, you would have to work things out and plan how you would do that in a safe way. You know, if they would be staying with you for a longer mm. period of time or self-isolating prior to that, but in general, um, it's totally up to you as far as how long you want a postpartum doula to help you. Um, another thing to note though, if you know, you want that birth support and you want a birth doula, birth doulas normally offer one to two postpartum consults and they're connected to other doulas, postpartum doulas in the community, and they can provide, you know, um, really good recommendations. So that is one thing to consider too. So if you're looking for both, you can ask and, um, just look around and see who the best fit for you would be. And you can interview them and see, you know, if they're right for you and your family. And if you feel comfortable with them, because in the period after birth, you want to be comfortable, like you mm. said, you know, in your own home around the people that you're around. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Comfort is huge. Another thing that I would recommend to people if they have a partner at home with them is like, you need to communicate what's going on. So like emotionally, physically, cause they need to understand, like if they're not the ones who gave birth and they don't have, you know, like the hormones, the physical pain and the mental load, just that comes with 
you know, being in recovery and having to take care of a newborn, like it's so important to communicate with them. And my husband and I quickly, like, I think you can beforehand, you can think about, okay, we're going to, you know, nap when the baby naps or, you know, try and plan something out. But we kind of realized that the best way for us to get proper sleep was I would go to bed at like 6 p.m. My husband would take like have Milo in the living room with him till about midnight. So I would get like a full six hours of sleep. He would feed him, do whatever. And then at midnight, my husband would come bring Milo into the bassinet next to me in bed. And then my husband would go sleep till like six, seven in the morning. So that, that worked so well for us, but to, it's important to play around with, you know, how can your partner help you get sleep or help you get rest or whatever you need? And it's important just to communicate that to them and your physicians as well. Like I had such bad anxiety for the first week and I didn't realize that that was totally normal. And so there's another thing about how, you know, I was so focused on labor and delivery that I didn't even know that this was a common thing. And so when I opened up to my family doctor about it, when Milo had one of his appointments, then she assured me like, this is totally normal. And it's also very common. What was happening to me is when the sun goes down, you know, you, you start to get, I was like so anxious for about an hour and I would just cry. Like it was awful. But she was like, if it lasts Pat, like over a week or two weeks, then come back and let me know. But it's totally normal. Like, and luckily for me, it went away. But that was something I did not anticipate happening. Right. So, yeah, so yeah. much. Oh, postpartum. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a lot. And um, I wanted to ask you, like, what are what are some of the things that really caught you off guard in your postpartum? period. The not wanting visitors. Cause again, I was like, Oh yeah, people are going to come over. Like he's so cute. You want to show off your little baby, right? Like that's what you think. And yeah, I was in shock. And, and then I was thinking about everyone who had had a baby that I went to go visit. And I was like, Oh my God, did they not want visitors, <laughs> but not say anything. So yeah, the visitors for sure. And the physical recovery, the swelling. Like I think you anticipate bleeding, but I had such bad swelling and I was not expecting that at all. Um, and I think, and the anxiety, like that was shocking to me. I specifically remember it was right around 7 PM every night, like the sun would start going down and it would get dark. And then if my mom was over or my sister, like we would have had had dinner already and then they would have left. And so the house was really quiet and it was just me and my husband and the sun was going down and then I would just start bawling. And it was right around when Jeopardy would start. So it was like 7 p.m. <laughs> and I remember telling my husband, I was like, I'm just really anxious. I don't like I don't know what's going on. It felt like the world was ending. So I think those were the three biggest things for me. What about for you? For me, it was the lack of sleep. I, cause I like to get my eight hours of sleep minimum seven if I can. And just, I couldn't function very well on little sleep. And yeah, like you said, everybody says, you know, you can nap during the day or when your baby naps, but you want to do all these household tasks. You're like, you know, I haven't done the dishes. 
I want to vacuum the floor, but then you're just so, so exhausted. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's why I wish I had planned out my postpartum better. And, um, if I would have done it differently, I would have just not cared and just rested. Even if you can't sleep, they suggest you rest when your baby's sleeping. Mm -hmm. Like even if, if that's like, listening to books on audible or watching Netflix or, yeah. you know, watching a movie or something like that. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, the lack of sleep really caught me off guard and because babies, I mean, there is this emphasis on like sleep training and I understand a lot of people want to sleep train because, uh, as we were discussing earlier before, uh, starting the interview, uh, maternity leave policies, mm. in different countries are different. And in the States, it's really really low. It's like three months. Whereas like in Canada, it's like a year, a uh, year and a half even, uh, for, for most people. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if, if you're not given the time to rest and relax and you have to jump back really quick, you know, you might come back and you might feel things that you didn't feel before. And you might feel like, you know, you're unsupported or you're not ready because your body hasn't fully healed yet. Mm -hmm. So it's really crucial to have, you know, give moms that time to rest and heal so they can feel good. I mean, mentally and emotionally, and also so they can have time with their babies and their families. Mm. Yeah. Super important. I, one time that I really thought about the maternity leave thing was when we brought Milo to daycare at 12 months old. And I was I felt like, oh my God, he's like this little, like little baby. And then I was thinking about people who go back to work after three months or even less, and they're leaving their baby that they just had with a provider. And like, oh, my heart just breaks for, for those people. Like, oof. anyways. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people don't have the choice. Um, uh, some people do. And, and I respect that if, if a mom wants to go back and she's ready, like after six or eight months or however long it was for her. That that's great. But like, I find the majority of moms, like I just find a couple of weeks after birth to three months after birth is not enough time. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. And it's, and it's all dependent upon the person's situation as well. Like exactly. there's so many things to consider. Like, do they have outside support? Do they have a partner at home? Do they have, you know, things like that make it easier to return to work or not, you know? Exactly. Um, there's like huge variables there. Oh, anyways. All right. Well, we will end this episode there. Thank you so much for talking with us. Where can people find you online? No problem. Uh, they can find me on Instagram or Facebook or Pinterest at the insider mom at all three or insidermom.com. And yeah, if any, anyone's looking for postpartum resources, uh, insidermom.com forward slash postpartum, there's a postpartum plan template they can follow. It's super helpful and yeah. Awesome. And you have a podcast. Yes. Uh, the insider mom podcast. Okay, good. So we're going to go record an episode for her podcast now yes. as well. So go and check that out after you listen to this one. All right. Perfect. Are you looking for a podcast that'll make you laugh? You came to the wrong place. That's not us. That's not us. Uh,
Well, it is. We are a husband and wife who chat about raw, real relationship yeah, topics. like sex. Like money. Like marriage and kids. But we're not afraid to talk about how your newborn baby probably isn't as cute as you think it is. If you're in need of entertainment while you're driving to work, because that sucks, we can join you in the suckage, kind of like being in your ear. Not physically. So if you want to laugh, come check us come out. Come check us out. Brought to you by the Laughing Couple Podcast. Ha, <laughs> <laughs>